Good morning, everyone. Uh, happy Sunday, uh, and welcome to the next part of our Home Sweet Home series. My name is Grant, if we haven't met before, one of the pastors or elders at Harbour City Church in Durban in South Africa. And we've been partnering together with Restored Temecula and Restored Uptown over the last while to put this series out together to serve our churches in this really unique moment that we're facing. So I do just want to say welcome if you're new, if you're joining us for the first time, if you haven't been part of a church service like this before, welcome. And if you are new and joining us from Normal Heights or North Park or somewhere in the Temecula Valley, just want to say I'm so sorry that you're dealing with a guy with a weird South African accent and my strange hand gestures and mannerisms this morning. I I promise I'm not up here every week. But for the last three weeks, we've been looking at aspects of the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians chapter 5. And we've spoken about love, joy, and peace, these kind of three big rock star attributes of what the Spirit forms in us in our lives. And if you've missed any of those sermons, I want to encourage you to go back, check them out, listen to them, process them, apply them to your lives, because I think they'll be so good for your souls, particularly in this time that we're going through. But love, joy, and peace, the sermons we've looked at so far, are such cool spiritual things to talk about. They really are the rock stars of this list so far. And today we're transitioning onto two other attributes. We're, We're going to be speaking about patience and goodness today that might initially seem a little bit less exciting to you. So if you are all about love, peace, joy, you might be like, whoa, they're the cool kids in this list. And then patience and goodness seem more like the kids who play chess at school, kind of like I did in grade six and seven. So I I get that this might not excite you up front. Some of you might be thinking, oh, okay, maybe let's just push pause and do something else this morning. But I think these virtues are so important to our lives and maybe more so now than ever before. And I say that because patience and goodness bring us back to reality and they kind of ground us or root us in the realities of everyday life, like the Monday morning realities that you and I face or the tensions and conflict and stresses and anxieties we've been dealing with over the last while that have caused conflict between spouses or in relationships or with you and your kids or family members or co-workers. They kind of ground us and root us in the realities that we're facing at this moment. As some of us are dealing with homeschooling kids and juggling jobs and other responsibilities and trying to get it all done and all the pressure that that adds to our lives while we wait uh, for a time that we can come out of quarantine and kind of see the people that we love and get back into some form of new normal. You know, patience and goodness are the real everyday unsexy kind of virtues or attributes that we're talking about today that might not seem exciting up front, but that if we lack those in our lives, uh, can cause so much pain to the people around us, so much hurt and conflict, and uh, we realize how necessary and key they are. Now, I do just want to confess up front that I'm not the most patient person. So, and raise your hand where you are if you're in the same boat as me. And I thought what I'd do is just kind of let you into my inner world a little bit uh, to just see some of the things in normal pre-lockdown or pre-shelter-in-place life, uh, some of the, the normal conversations I would have in my mind and heart just as I went about my normal day. So maybe firstly, when I'm driving around, When a car cuts me off or does something insane on the road 
or I get stuck in a traffic jam or someone is just driving slowly when I'm in a rush to get somewhere and I've got something important to do. The, the second one is when I'm in the grocery store and I'm pushing a trolley or a shopping cart around and I'm just trying to get the stuff that I need to get so that I can get out of there and get home or do what's next. And someone bends over with their shopping cart in the way and they're bent over trying to pick up bread and they slow me down from getting to what I need to get in the aisle so that I can carry on with my day. Or thirdly, when I'm in a shopping mall trying to quickly and efficiently do my shopping, just knowing where I'm going, what I want to get, uh, trying to get in and out and get uh, out of the mall, and I get stuck behind a group of people, family or friends, just walking slowly, just casually strolling along, chatting up a storm, and they're slowing me down and inconsiderately blocking my path. Don't know if any of you can relate to any of that. In those three situations, I have thought to myself, if I ruled the world, this stuff would never happen. And I hope some of you are sitting there going, oh boy, <laughs> what's going on with this guy? You know, I've literally thought to myself being in a shopping mall when it's busy and crowded and there's just people all over the place and I can't get where I'm wanting to go. I've literally thought to myself, if I ruled this mall, this kind of thing would never happen. You know, uh, I would never be inconsiderately slowed down like I am being right now. And I would make changes to this place to make this place a lot more efficient. So let me give you a few of my suggestions. Firstly, there would for sure be some stop signs, some lanes put in place, some uh, traffic lights or robots, the green, orange and red, just to kind of control the, the congestion of the mall. I would definitely put like a, a fast lane in the walkways for those who are serious shoppers who've got places to go, people to see, want to just get stuff done. And then a slow lane, you know, for the elderly, for those who want to window shop and just stroll along. And for those who are living aimless and purposeless lives and just don't mind strolling through the day, wasting the existence that they've been given. You know, those kind of people. And if anyone broke those rules of mine, you know, if they went through one of these traffic lights or if they didn't stop at a stop sign or if they were in the wrong lane, for sure, for sure they would be fined or put in mall jail or publicly flogged or something like that. I think even beyond that, in my worst days when I'm, I don't know, highly strung and really, really frustrated, I've thought to myself when I get stuck behind a group of people that are in my way, God, would you just call down fire from heaven to pour out your wrath and judgment on these people who are just causing me such injustice and such gross evil. They're doing all of this against me. Would you judge them and deal with them swiftly, God? Now, I know some of you are amening in your seats and you're wired like me and you think the same way and you're going, yes, if only we could do that. And I know some of you are worried about your friends and even more so worried that I'm preaching this this morning. But obviously, obviously, I don't act on any of this stuff. This is just what goes on inside my mind and my heart. I just think these things, I obviously don't do anything about them. And if I do do something, it's probably a lot more casual, you know, maybe like a, an hour roll or a bit of a loud enough sigh that someone could hear, or I tap my foot or I kind of, you know, pat my hand on the shopping trolley or something like that. So the people know that I'm there and that I, I'm waiting for them and I, I want to get past. But for the most part, these things are internal. So if you didn't know me well, you wouldn't know that I'm wired like this. And honestly, like even telling you this kind of thing today, I feel like I'm being a little bit vulnerable and just putting myself out there because I know when I look inside myself and I see this stuff that it's just not pretty. And when I start to think about it and think about these internal reactions, I, I realize how self-focused I can be. You know, these are selfish thoughts. These are self-obsessed thoughts. Uh, these are impatient and angry thoughts because I'm thinking about myself and what I want. And on top of that, they're also really proud, you know. 
I'm putting myself first in all of these situations, just thinking about my time, my convenience, my happiness, what I want, and making all of that much more important than the needs or wants or realities of the person that's in front of me. So what I'm describing to you that goes on often inside of my mind and heart is definitely the way of the flesh, not the way of the spirit that we're talking about in Galatians 5. And in a sense, what I've seen, because all of these things are internal inside of me, is that I am not often forced to have to deal with my own sin in my heart because no one else sees it, no one confronts me on it, and it's only kind of me and my sin. It's my dirty little secret that only I know about. But I think for many of us, the impatience or anger or ungoodness or that sin inside of us under the pressure of what we're currently living through is starting to come up and come to the service during this quarantine period. And this is the stuff that normally didn't affect anyone else, you know, just involved our inner dialogues. But all of a sudden now it is affecting you or your spouse or your partner or your roommate or your friends or your family or your kids. That stuff is spilling out of your heart and spilling out of your life and affecting them. And for some of you, the way that's looked has just not been pretty at all. So the question I want to ask you today is how do we live with patience and goodness when we're under great pressure? So let's start in Galatians 5 with our key passage from this series. Verse 22 and 23 say, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So firstly, let's start by defining patience and goodness. Tim Keller defines patience, which is the Greek word makrothemia, as an ability to face trouble without blowing up or hitting out. It's opposite, and I think this is quite important, the opposite of this patience is resentment towards God and others. So in English, you've probably heard the word short-tempered before. It means that you get angry really, really quickly. Now, we don't have an English word that's the opposite of that, like long-tempered, meaning you would be really slow to get angry. But if we had a word like long-tempered, that would be translated here instead of patient. Uh, some of the old-school translations of the Bible use words like long-suffering or forbearance here instead of patience. And this idea of macrothemia is the idea of showing patience to the people around us. Patience towards others who hurt us or annoy us or disappoint us or sin against us or do something they shouldn't do that hurts us. In those situations, the, the response of the Spirit inside of us, the response of Jesus, the response of His people is to show patience and to be slow to anger. On the other hand, goodness, the other word that we're dealing with today, uh, is from the Greek word agathosune, which is being the same person in every situation rather than being phony or a hypocrite. So true, truly good people are the people who what you see is what you get. You know, who they are on the outside, what they say, what they do, that's exactly the same as who they are on the inside. So in a sense, this idea of goodness has got to do with consistency and integrity. You, you know, we are the same in every situation, in every circumstance. It doesn't matter who we're with. It doesn't matter where we are. It doesn't matter what we're going through. We are the same person. And goodness also conveys this idea of generosity alongside it, of being thoughtful and kind to the people around us and going the extra mile even when it's not required of us. So good people are the kind of people who do the right thing even when they don't have to, just because it's the right thing to do. 
Now, the reason we've put these two aspects of the fruit of the Spirit together in this one sermon is because they are linked. So let me show you what that means. Uh, really, uh, patience is the Spirit-empowered way that we respond to people, even when we're under pressure. While goodness is the Spirit-empowered way that we respond to circumstances or situations, even when we're under pressure. And I think all of us are under a new or different or unique type of pressure at this moment, no matter what your life looks like right now. You know, we are all facing a unique global pandemic. We're all dealing with an extended period of quarantine, which I know for some of us might be ending uh, sooner than for others. We might be dealing with health realities, health scares, health fears, health uncertainties. And on top of that, there's so much economic and business uncertainty that I know is affecting us in different ways. And for some of you already, that's affected your salary. Some of you have experienced retrenchment. Some of you just are dealing with the financial anxiety of not knowing what is coming up. And that is a lot of pressure to be under. And almost the pressure of all of these things on our lives can be starting to squeeze out some of the worst, most unhealthy stuff that is inside of us. But I think at the same time, in the midst of what is going on, what can be really tough to admit or acknowledge or own for ourselves is that the impatience and the anger and the bad behavior coming out of us at this time and affecting those around us, those in our homes, hasn't been created by this external pressure that's been applied to us. It's just been revealed by, you know, that sin was there all along, hiding out in the recesses of our hearts just to be drawn out and when it's been squeezed under this pressure. And Jesus really puts it well in Luke 6, verse 43 to 45, where he shows us what we're like, the, the way we work. And he says, a good tree doesn't produce bad fruit. On the other hand, a bad tree doesn't produce good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. Figs aren't gathered from thorn bushes or grapes picked from a bramble bush. A good person produces good out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil person produces evil out of the evil stored up in his heart, for his mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. So I want to ask you today, what is going on in your heart at this time? And secondly, what is coming out of your heart in the things that you say, and the things that you do, and the way that you treat the people around you? And I think one of the things I've felt so grateful for at this time uh, with my shortcomings, my sins, my failings, my inconsistency over this time is the way God is perfectly patient and perfectly good to us despite the circumstances he's dealing with or the situations he finds himself in. And I want to take a moment before we carry on just to look to God and to think about his goodness and patience. Because when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, really what we're talking about is the character of God being formed in our lives and shaping the fruit on the tree of our lives. So what is God's character like? Well, in Psalm 103 verse 8 to 10, it says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious slow to anger and abounding in faithful love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our iniquities. Here we see that God is good. He's consistent. He's patient. He's slow to anger and he's abounding in love towards you. He's not selfish. He's not proud. He's not easily angered. God is an unloving and he's not passive aggressive when we don't treat him the way he deserves. You know, when we don't worship God rightly, when we sin, when we fail, when we mess up, 
when we don't do the things that we should do, God doesn't get all passive aggressive with us and kind of tap his foot or sigh or roll his eyes with us. No, he's patient and kind and good and compassionate. And we see in the history of the people of God, Israel in the Old Testament, how patient and good God was towards them. Now, there were times of God's anger and judgment. And can we just be honest for a second that we all want a God of judgment who is a righteous judge, a a good judge, who will deal with sin and evil and injustice and inequality. We want that. We want a God who does what is right and good. But we see in these moments of God's anger and his judgment and justice that they are often after long periods of God's patience and grace. Long periods where God shows his compassion and gently calls his people back to him through his scriptures and through his prophets and says, come home, repent, turn and come back to me. I'm a good father. I love you. Secondly, uh, the kind of patience we see in God has got to do a lot with what we're able to bear or carry. And uh, you might have experienced this yourself when we say something like, uh, you know, I can't bear it anymore when we're under pressure and we don't have any more patience. We, we can't do this anymore. And really bearing our sins is what Jesus did for us on the cross. He carried them for us. And we see this in Isaiah chapter 53 in a bunch of places. It says, surely he took up our pain and bore or carried our suffering. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity for us all, for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. I think what we see on the cross is the supreme patience of Jesus towards us, carrying our burdens for us, for our good, because he loves us. Now, I think first and foremost to us, that is a gift. But this kind of patience in our lives looks like when we choose to bear with the shortcomings and failings and sins of the people around us. And I do want to pause for a second here, because I think there could be some people listening to this today, and you think, you know what, I'm crushing patience in lockdown. Grant, you don't realize what I've had to deal with from the people that are around me at the moment. I've been really, really patient. I'm good at this stuff. And I want to say, Patience doesn't mean that you overlook or don't confront or don't deal with the way that people treat you or sin against you or hurt you. But on the inside, uh, you're allowing bitterness and anger and hatred and frustration to fester inside of you because of the way that you've been treated by other people. No, that's not patience. That's not goodness. And that is not healthy. That is not what the fruit of the spirit is talking about. The patience we're talking about today is, is a choice both internally and externally, to overlook and to forgive uh, the way that people have treated us when they've been hurtful or unkind or aggressive or sinful. And it's to do that rather than to fight back with our words or our deeds and to get even when someone else has wronged us. I think for all of us, this kind of patience should come naturally to us to bear others' burdens. And I say that because all of us know that we fail. You, you know, we, we all know that we drop the ball, that we let other people down, that we hurt other people. So it should be easy for us to show patience to others because we know that they're showing patience to us. In Colossians 3 verse 12 and 13, we read, Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, put on kindness, put on humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, here's our example, so you are also to forgive. 
That picture there is a picture of biblical goodness, of being committed to do the right thing and respond to people in the right way, even when it costs us, just like Jesus did for us on the cross. And I want to ask you this morning, during this period of quarantine, do you see any situations or interactions where you have lacked goodness or patience? Where the way you've responded to someone else or the way you've acted hasn't been the way Jesus would? Or where you've been quick to anger, where you've been harsh or aggressive with someone else, where you've been unloving rather than uh, carrying the burden of the other person, of forgiving them, of showing them grace, even if it has costed you a lot personally. And in light of that, I want to ask you today, is there anyone you need to apologize to and repent to? Do you need to repent to God of some of those actions? Or do you need to let anything go, let go of hurt or bitterness or anger or frustration at the way you've been treated by someone else and forgive that person for what they've said or done to you? Now, a bad sermon, and hopefully this isn't a bad sermon, but a bad sermon would end here. Kind of with this encouragement, God is good, so go out and be good. God is patient, so go out and be patient. But the reason I say that would be bad is because we already know that. I think at this time, we're all under a lot of pressures at the moment. And the thing I'm most worried about this morning is because we should probably all be convicted and challenged by this passage and this idea is that you leave here further burdened with more to do. And you all of a sudden see your failures, you see your sin, you see the way you've hurt the people around you. And it's just another thing on your back on top of all of the pressures that you're dealing with. You realize that you haven't done the stuff that you want to do and you haven't been the person that you want to be. You realize you've sinned. You realize you've hurt others. You realize that you've caused pain in your home or with the people around you. And on top of all of the pressures that you've been carrying already now, this is added to the pile because it can feel a little bit overwhelming. So if that's you this morning, if you are dealing with what I've been speaking about, the fact that you failed and haven't lived up to the standard, and you're feeling kind of overwhelmed by all of the pressure that you're under, how do you respond in this moment? I guess if we come back to Galatians chapter 5, we're, we're coming back constantly to the way of the Spirit, that the fruit of the Spirit would be formed in our lives. And the way of the Spirit is very different to the way of the flesh or the way we would often choose, or even the way of Satan, our enemy. I saw this in a tweet this week, and I thought this would be so helpful for us today. So I want to just share this with you, hopefully to encourage you today, because when you sin or fail or mess up, and we all will, probably even today or in the next day or two, when we fail or sin or mess up, the Holy Spirit comes alongside us and he points to us, because he always deals with our sin, and he points to our sin and says, Grant, that is unacceptable. But when we sin or fail or mess up, Satan would come alongside us and he would point to us and say, Grant, you are unacceptable. And if you're anything like me, his voice often seems easier to hear than God's voice. And his voice often seems easier to agree with and even to kind of internalize in my own life than the other voices around me. Again, when we sin, when we fail, when we mess up, the Holy Spirit comes alongside us and he says to us, look at what you did. You are a child of the living God. You don't do those things. That is not who you are. But Satan would come alongside us and point to us and say, look at what you did. You messed up. That is who you are. You are a mess up. He would define us by the things that we've done and said. And he'd say more than just the fact that we are a mess up. He'd say, and you always will be. Just really stamping us underfoot. 
you're a failure. Not you failed, you are a failure. You're no good. Not the thing you did was no good, but you are no good. You're impatient. You're angry. You're hurtful. Look at how you hurt the people around you. You see, the Spirit does come to us when we sin, and He points out our sin and calls us out of it. But He does this to create a hatred of sin in us. But what Satan does when we sin and when we mess up is he comes alongside us, and he doesn't just point to our sin, but he points to us because he wants to create a hatred of self inside of us. And this morning, as I've spoken about patience and goodness, you know what Satan would love to do. He would love you to leave this morning and leave this time of worship, and he would love you to be like burdened by guilt and by shame and by discouragement and this added pressure or burden that you've got to try harder and do more. And he'd love you to see all of the failures in your life and to feel discouraged rather than empowered and to feel defeated and be one step closer to giving up. But what the Holy Spirit does is different and it's beautiful. He comes alongside us and he says, Grant, how come when you were driving in your car and that car kind of inconvenienced you slightly, you got so tense? That's silly, man. Or how come when you're in the, that grocery store and that person stopped their shopping cart and bent over to pick down and get the bread, did you like sigh so loudly so that they'd hear you? You know they didn't see you and you know they didn't mean anything by it. Or why did you want to call down fire from heaven to consume that elderly couple that were window shopping on this cute little date because you had somewhere to go? That's that's crazy, Grant. Like, that is not normal. Or if I can be a little bit more realistic, why did you say that thing to Shell this week knowing that it would hurt her? Or why did you allow yourself to lose your temper and to do that thing earlier this week? Or why have you still not apologized to that person? Because you know that even though you were both in the wrong, that you were in the wrong, why didn't you put an end to what is going on between you? That's not you. That's not who you are. You are a new creation. You are born again. You are a son or a daughter of the living God. That is not what you do. That's not how you live. And on top of that, you have the Spirit of God living inside of you, putting death to sin and bringing life to the fruit of the Spirit inside of your soul, inside of your heart, inside of your life. Instead of choosing to live that way, the way of the flesh, would you choose the way of the Spirit this morning and respond to the work of the Spirit inside of you and bear that beautiful fruit in your life? As we end this morning, I want to encourage you this week to spend a bit of time just thinking through this a little bit more. And I want to encourage you to go back to Luke 6, verse 43 to 45, that passage where Jesus speaks about the good and the bad trees and the good and the bad roots. And I want to encourage you to read through that a number of times and to just sit and abide in God's presence. You might want to read through John 15 a couple of times too, just about abiding. But be with God and bring the tree of your life before God. You know, and maybe you can even visualize this as you do. Just visualize your life as a tree and visualize the roots or your heart and some of the sin or the brokenness or the the toxic stuff inside of your roots and ask the Spirit of God to deal with those things. Welcome the Spirit of God into that space and ask Him to bring fresh life, to bring change, to, to kill that stuff and then to nourish you with His life that you would bear love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control as the fruit of your life. Amen.